Hello and welcome to the fourth and final day of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival preview podcast as brought to you by A Judge's Guide. Returning to preview Gold Cup Day is Martin Fagan. Hello, Rob Alexander. Hi, Church. And Ian Marmion. Hello, Churchy. It's one of my favourite days of the year, Gold Cup Day. I think the uh, spectacle that is the feature race of the day is really one of, I think it makes for my favourite race of the year, I must admit. I love it. Love every second of it. But we are not there yet. We always, of course, go in order. So we will start with the JCB Triumph Hurdle. A grade one race, run over two metres and one furlong. Two metres? I'd love to see the betting on that. This doesn't get edited. Uh, uh, two miles, indeed, in one furlong. Uh, Blood, Destiny and Lossy Mouth are your joint favourites at 13 to 8. Gallimar Sos, 4 to 1. It's 14 to 1. Zenta, 16 and bigger the rest. Uh, whilst we were preparing for this day, Marmo, it was Lossy Mouth of the front two that got more support from the lads here. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I was surprised when I looked today that they were so tight in the betting, to be honest. Uh, I thought that Lassie Mouth was a was a clearer favourite over Blood Destiny. Uh, Should have won the Spring Juvenile, arguably. Uh, got one of a, got a poor ride from Paul Townend and the irony of him getting trouble caused by his, his uh, owner's other horse in the race wasn't lost and anybody, particularly not Willie Mullins, who couldn't understand why the horse was in the race in the first place. Uh, uh, they're very bullish in the yard. It looks like a Willie Mullins best this. I think he's got the first four in the betting. Uh, and I would have Lassie Mouth over Blood Destiny all day long, really. Uh, I can't see Gallimarceau confirming form with Lassie Mouth. Uh, Blood Destiny, I guess, brings another a brother, another line of form into the into it, uh, bolting up at Fairy House uh, from common practice in the the race just this side of Christmas. Uh, Lossy about definitely is a stronger form for me. Uh, the vibes from the, the previews has been that Lossy Mouth is is the number one, uh, and I think it kind of rates banker of the day for for a lot of the Mullins punters uh, on the Friday. I'd be surprised if it's not the most popular uh, for them. Nice. Fagan, lost your mouth. Are you in agreement with Marmion's sentiment now? Yeah, 100%. Oh. I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned the um, the horse that cost, um, well, that interfered with um, with lost your mouth last time. It might actually be like the worst horse William Mullins has ever had. I think it, on, on recent post ratings, it, the highest it's ever ran to is like 90, something, something like that. It's like absolutely awful horse. And it, it got beat 86 lengths the first time, 76 lengths, 35 lengths, and then it's gone and cost their main triumph hope, the, the chance of winning at Dublin Nation Festival. Uh, I think the fact of what happened last time, um, Tarnham will ride a different race this time, um, but Destiny will go from the front, and I just think Lossy Mouth will be um, in a clear second, just basically tracking all the way. Um, yeah, I, I, I I really I really fancy it. Um, one other thing I would say is there's a massive gap between the front three and the rest of the market. So depending on how many run, um, if you like Gallimard, so I couldn't I couldn't um, I couldn't put you off back in that each way because she'll be there about. And if, if she's out the three, I'll be really shocked. Um, yeah, the rest of them don't don't look up to it. 
the fifth in the fifth in the market is fucking script writer and he's got Bob Wolf. But yeah, off the off the front three, Lossy Lamp would be my uh, I'd fancy that. Okay. Since seeing it, it, it run the first time when I think Tarin got it wrong that, that time he he, he picked Sarak the Brave because I think Lossy Mouth had maybe well she'd never done before and maybe she hadn't done that much work or whatever, but he picked Sarak the Brave. Danny Mullins was on Lossy Mouth, she won well. She then won well at Christmas. And yeah, I think she was the model winner of the um the the other race at Double Nation Festival. I think she races a bit handier and she wins. Nice. Rob, how do you feel? Yeah, I kind of tend to agree on the front three in the betting being well clear of the rest. Not only does Willie Marlins have the first four in the betting, he has six of the top seven, and in the top eight, the UK-trained ones are Milton Harris and Ben Pauling runners, so not going to give them much hope. It will certainly be... uh, Willie Mullins' benefit looks like Lossy Mouth has gone clear favourite on the machine as we're speaking on Sunday evening. Uh, yeah, I can certainly see why why that's the case. Blood Destiny has been has been well backed and certainly visually I've been been very impressed by what he's done. I do understand that it will be a challenge to give Lossy Mouth and even possibly Gallimasso seven pounds, but I just side with him. I think visually he's been the most impressive of the three. The form, yeah, he's not running a graded race yet, but plenty of winners have come out of his two races, and I do feel that he has a yeah a strong chance. And if he drifts, then happy to happy to back him at two to one or bigger to take on the favourite. Like I say, Willie Mullins could easily have the first five or six home in this. Uh, I did note at the Spring Juvenile Hurdle, uh, a horse of his that was due to, for its debut, uh, Gust of Wind was really well backed. I think it was put in by the bookmakers at around 25-33 after declarations. Ended up going off 8-1, to so there's certainly some good vibes of behind that horse. Uh, and yeah, if there's a big field and you can get an extra place, that would be back the one. Willies. <laughs> yeah, back all the willies. But that would, if you had to back one at a bigger price, that would be the one that I went with. Because come from France with a big reputation, certainly in terms of the betting was one of the stronger ones in that, that race at the Dublin Racing Festival and could certainly be again. But yeah, slightly flavour, favour Blood Destiny of the top three, but yeah, it could be any any one of them that ends up winning. Uh, as a Tottenham fan, I've seen a lot of things come from France with a big reputation uh, and rarely, rarely deliver. Uh, also, having never heard of Milton Harris, he sounds like a serial killer in one of those US procedural shows that, like, just every week there's a new killer. Uh, and <laughs> Milton Harris sounds like a great name for one of those. Surely it's a good trainer. Never heard of him. Um, I think you need some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh the county hurdle. You know the most interesting thing about Milton Harris? Please. He used to date Belinda Carlisle. Well, that is <laughs> that is big news. My yeah. my flatmate is oh, potentially um, potentially Belinda Carlisle's biggest fan. It's actually quite strange. Uh, but there you go, Milton Harris. We'll have to connect the two yeah. of them. He used to, to live in Miami and he used to date Belinda Carlisle. That sounds yeah. like a good life. 
That is a great fact. I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a better fact is that race two of the fourth day of the Cheltenham Festival is the county hurdle. I'd say probably Fagan's, one of Fagan's two or three most uh, an- anticipated races of the week. Yeah, I love two-mile handicap hurdles, but in all honesty, I haven't had the best record in this throughout my lifetime, but well, been all right, but not, not, ama- not amazing. Uh, as I look down the road, we've got Filey Bay, five to one, Hunter's Yarn, eight to one, as is Sharjah, Pembroke, nine to one, um, and it's 12 to one and bigger. There is obviously a number of horses that w- uh, that will enter this max of 26 runners, 52 currently in the entries. Go on then, Fagan. I'm pretty sure uh, that before coming in, I mean, the fact that I've just confirmed with you who I, who I think you will pick yeah, tells yeah. you who all you, I need to know. Well, basically, in the county, if you in the last 10 years, um, Mullins, Nichols, Skelton have won eight of the last 10. In the last 20 years, they've won 13 of the last 20. So it's not a bad starting point to look at the Willie Mullins, Paul Nichols, or Skelton horses. Uh, on that note, Sharjah is an, ob- an obvious one here. Um, he's off, I think it, I think he's off his Irish mark, which is 155. I know a lot of people will come back to me saying um, 10-year-olds have got a really poor record in this. Um, but not, not a lot of 10-year-olds actually actually running it. Um, Petit Mouchoir was a 10-year-old in 2021. Uh, he came second off 155. Um I think Court Minstrel back in the day, he was a 10 year old when he ran okay. I think he was only be four to five lengths five, six years ago. Um, yeah, I just think Charger, um, this sort of race will suit. Um, strong pace held up, um, or midfield, whatever, in, in a pace. He's he's um, he's won a Galway hurdle, so you know he can handle this, this sort of race. Um, I imagine Patrick keeps the ride because he, he always seems to ride it. Uh, hoping Townend pick picks Hunter's yarn and then charge out uh, will be Patrick's ride. Um, and I love Baffin Patrick and Andy Cap Hurdles at, at, at Cheltenham. Um, he, he, he does tend to give them a good ride. Um, he gave Wicklow Brave a belt of a ride. Oh, yeah, Sicklow Brave, because uh, yeah. Jesus, the, yeah. the money he would have won me that day. But yeah, he got chinned by Nicole de Boinville, of all people. Um, but he also gave a good ride, I think it was the year after, in the Coral Cup to Bacasson. Um, he's not he's not afraid to go the brave man's route, so save a bit of ground. I just think Chargers like an obvious one, and you can see in the market he's been found there. He's only eight, eight or nine to one or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I like him. Um, I think you'd have to respect Pembroke for Skelton just because of what I said before. But up until the last couple of years, it is really hard to win this race without any ha- handicap hurdle experience. I think Willie Willie Mullins has sort of booked the trend with Saint Ra. And state man, but that's because they were both genuine champion hurdle contenders in handicaps. So I think that's um that's a bit different. Um Colonel Mustard did run well actually last year. He was a novice going into it with no handicap hurdle experience. But in general, novices have usually run in smaller fields and when they come into this sort of race, sometimes they they shit themselves, sort of thing, and, and they, they don't enjoy it. So yeah, um after respect, Pembroke, but he wouldn't be for me at so short. I think I'd rather back Charger. And then just one more. I wouldn't be backing at the prices now. Um, I think he's 25 to 1. I'm open to get a bit of 40 or something on the day. A few extra places is Petit Tonnerre for John John O'Neill. Um, 
I think you're probably throwing away you you win part of the bet, but I, I do fancy him um, to be there or thereabouts. Uh, fancy John Joe to roll back roll back the years a bit. He won it about twenty years ago, twenty odd years ago with again with a five year old like Petit and there. Um, he's ran well a few times this year over two four two three, stepping back in trip a couple of furlongs. I I, I just see him traveling. He's a he's a traveler in these sort of races. I see him traveling well and being there thereabouts. Uh, he was fifth at Ascot last time behind Irish Hill. Traveled into it really really well. Um, he was near enough in front or second, basically jumping the last, and then a few went past him. Um, if if he's like. If I can get forty or something on the day, because I I imagine with form figures of three two, p five, he's not going to be exactly well found there. So yeah, if I can get forty and a few extra places, I fancy him to to run okay. Nice. So that is for Fagan in the handicap hurdle. Always always worth keeping a note. Charger and Petit Donaire. Yeah. Uh, Rob, the county hurdle. Can you uh, find us something to? Oppose Fagan, or are you with Sharjah? Yeah, I certainly understand where Martin's coming from regarding Sharjah. It's not on my shortlist, but I think history suggests Martin has a much stronger record in handicap. Not in the county, no. In terms of this, I've kind of looked at last year's race and a couple of runners that, that did go really well haven't been hiked too far in the handicap compared to last season but I think both have a chance purely because compared to last year I don't think there will be a state man in this race Uh, Martin briefly touched upon Colonel Mustard running really well in this last season as a novice obviously has a bit more experience looked the most likely winner in that valuable race at Kelso last time, uh, yeah, came third in this last season, only three pounds higher in the ratings than he was for that. And like I say, I'm doubtful there's a state man to contend with in this year's renewal. I think he can go uh, very close if turning out again in this. 12 to 1 looks pretty fair. And then another one that is worth a mention is Bally Adam, came fifth last year, uh, was one. Actually turned out really well. Uh, showed he was in pretty good form with a good run behind Gaelic Warrior in that handicap hurdle at Leopardstown last time out. And yeah, I think course form counts for a lot at Cheltenham. 20 to 1. Very fair. Like in terms of his handicap mark again, he's maybe up a few pounds, but nothing that he can't contend with compared to last year. So those are my my two against the field, Colonel Mustard and Bally Adam. Colonel Mustard and Bally Adam. Very nice. Uh, Marlo? Colonel Mustard in the county with the um, candlestick. Ah, that's lovely stuff. It's absolutely <laughs> great stuff. Uh, Marlo, have you much to add to the county hurdle? My favourite race of the week. Uh, Why is it my favourite race of the week, Churchy? Sorry? Why is it my favourite race of the week? Uh, because you had a winner in the county yeah. hurdle. We won it in 2019 with Chidibella, uh, which, you know, the way people say it was the greatest day of my life, except for when I got married, and except for one of my kids. In my house, it's fully accepted. It was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and I guess with that in mind, um, I am siding with Dan's Pembroke again this year. Uh, 
a little an interesting fact is so what we won it in 2019, right? We wouldn't have won any of the next three renewals. They were all won by Grade One horses, Saint Wah, Belfast, mm. Belfast Banter, and Stateman. But not all novices. But novices have to run four times. Sorry, runners have to run four times this year rather than three times in previous years. So it's a little bit more difficult for them to keep their light under the bushel quite as well as they've done in previous years. Uh, Pembroke is a novice. It's ran four times. Ran really well in the last year, over two and a half, and probably didn't stay. Uh, and Harry got off, and he said straight away to Dan County Hurdle. Uh, so I've, I've had a couple of quid in that anti-pause. I look at Dan's a genius at these two, my Lord, and he really is. Look at, so is Willie Mullins. Of course he is. Uh, but I just thought uh, Skelton, County Hurdle, a uh, little bit of course form, was a sexier price at the time, 16, only nine now. Uh, that was the one for me. I can see the argument for Sharjah. Uh, Arctic Fire obviously went and won this under top weight. Wasn't quite a 10-year-old, but you know, Sharjah's got a lot of class. Uh, I can risk won the bet for her the last time. Uh, no obvious reason for me why why Fidey Bay should turn around forward him. He had his chance, Fidey Bay. He got there and couldn't go by. I don't know if I can, I can risk a run here in one of the chances, but that left him a chance. Uh, and a little bit further down, a little bit, and I don't know again if this is a run or not, but my die is entered in a couple of races, I think. Let me just check the entries as I'm looking. It probably isn't his preferred race. I think uh, he goes to Pipe. Say again? I think he I think he goes to Martin Pipe. He goes to Martin Pipe, yeah. I thought yeah, he yeah. probably would. Uh, but if he happened to turn up here, I thought he'd have run her as well. But look at a back Pembroke anti balls. It's really a dead skeleton factor more than anything else for me. Uh but you know, as I said, wide, wide open race, but he he's one of the prices. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, words were given there for Sharjah, Colonel Mustard, Pembroke, Ballyadam, Auchenrisk, <laughs> and Petit Tonnerre. That... We might leave it at the forecast. <laughs> <laughs> that is the sort of race there's I... There's your seven. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, the third race of the day is a race It's almost sort of... I find it's like a painful one to watch. A, a slog of a race. The Albert Bartlett, the potato race indeed. The Albert Bartlett, Novices Hurdle, over three miles. Uh, the field is led by Corbett's Cross uh, and Three Card Bragg, both at four to one. Embassy Gardens is seven to one. Hidden Valley Lake, nines alongside Sandor Clegane. Uh, it's double figures the rest. Marmo earlier on... Uh, in fact, on day one, you suggested an each way double that included uh, yeah. three card brag with uh, within the pocket. They ran in that grade two, grade two at Nace, uh, and finished first and second. And there was, I think, only a neck, only a neck between them. In the pocket, came out on top that day. Uh, but three card brag was definitely improved with the step up and trip to three miles. Eat my nap of the week, this guy. I wow. think he could be a gold cup horse. Uh, and certainly on soft ground, he could be a gold cup horse. Uh, I, I, I'd say there's a, qu- a slight question mark with the Corbett's Cross and Run. Uh, I, I know that, some, again, Paul Byrne owned this guy. He bought him just before Christmas, won two races to him, and sold him for a King's Ransom to JP. Uh, <laughs> but Emmett said, Emmett said after it won the last day, he'd have loads of options, uh, and one of the options is not going to Cheltenham. Uh, they didn't supplement him from any other race. So it's either here or nothing. And I just, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if this didn't show up. Uh, but three-card brags went after the week. Uh, I think, I think it'll go and win. 
Gordon should probably would have won the race last year with Jinto. Uh, broke down badly. Turned it for home and looking like he's going to hack up. Uh, hopefully we have a good few quid running out for the each way double. Uh, but I've had plenty on this fella at five and nine to two anti post. Be very surprised if it doesn't go off. A firm favourite, and I'll be very disappointed if it doesn't win. Nice three card brag there, getting the big, the big word from Marmo. Uh, Rob, are you? I mean, I would be surprised if you could be as strong on any selection. <laughs> uh, but where, where is your money going in the uh, Al Bartlett? Yeah, definitely not going to be quite as strong as that. But yes, I can certainly see the the argument for that. Three card brag is absolutely battered a good horse of Willie Mullins last time. And yeah, we'll certainly look even better over further, whether or not it will be in this race or in future as a chaser remains to be seen, but I can absolutely see the argument for that. Uh, in terms of my choices, uh, you've got Monty Star of Henry de Bromeds, the uh, same silks as a couple of his previous winners of the race, Manila Indo being one of them. Uh, won that grade three novice hurdle at Clonmel and in the kind of style of a horse who enjoys a proper battle. And this race has been known to kind of turn into a bit of a war of attrition late on. And I think Monty Star, if he's in terms of as a stayer, looks very solid. If it turns into that kind of battle, he can end up getting his, his head in front. Uh, Hidden Valley Lake and Search for Glory, who also finished close up in this race, I would say are respected, but 14 to 1 Monty Star looks pretty solid. And then, yeah, possibly Dawn Rising as a second choice. I uh, think he has a chance in what, at least betting wise, looks a fairly open race. Uh, won the Monksfield Novice Hurdle in the style of a, a good stayer when running on well after the last for a Pretty wide margin win over American Mike. Don Rising was hampered by a follower at the last as well. To so to get the afterburners on and win by such a wide margin at the end of that race was impressive. Uh, I don't think there was too much of an issue with his last run. I think hurdling is a strong point. So the the two hurdles missing the running of his run last time out. Probably didn't seem to best effect, but he once again stayed on well to finish third behind Champ Kylie and Irish Point. Don't think I have any concern about a step up and trip for him either. And yeah, 16 to 1, uh, I would be interested. So those will be my two darts at the race, particularly if it ends up a big field and you get one or two extra places. Nice. It might be uh, worth an interest. That's Monty's start and Dawn Rising. Uh, available at, well, I've got uh, 10, you mentioned a bit of 14s about Monty Star and Dawn Risings, I've got a 20 to 1. Fagan, yeah. the Albert Bartlett. Uh, yeah. The average SP, the winner in this race over the last 10 years, is about 20 to 1. Compared with, let's say, the Supreme, which is about 6 to 1, and the Ballymore, which is about 7 to 2. So it's worth taking a chance on one in this race because a lot of them can be the short, the shorter ones with with the better form, they could be the better horse, but they don't always prove it here on the day. 
Uh, I think there was two that went off nine to four last year. Um, both pulled up. Statler was beating this since 2021. He was the best horse in the race. Uh, Alaho was beating it, although he was beat by Manella, uh, didn't it? Was it? Um, he he was like it just shows that like some of these the shortish can't it can be beat. Obviously, 20, 20 to one average SP. So I'll be looking for something a bit bigger. Um, Willie Mullins has won it twice with second strings. One at eighteen to one, one at sixteen to one, and I do like the look of his um, Shambali kid. Uh, he was well beat over two miles first time over hurdles this season. Then he bounced back when he finally got a trip. He won three miles, but he, this was over two and a half at Navin, soft ground. He beat Rob's selection, Monty Star, um, beat him a length and three quarters. Um, he then franked the fall next time, as Rob said, going out and beating Hidden, Hidden Valley Lake. This is just a big, it's just a big future three mile chaser, as a lot of the Gigginstown horses are. And I'll take the chance that he's uh, forward enough here to do himself justice. As I said, Willie Mullins has won it twice with second strings and the 16 to 1. That'll do me. Nice. That's Shambali Kid, uh, which gives us four in the race, but Marmo's nap of the week, three card brag leading that quartet. Uh, and leading us into the feature race of the day of the week. It is the Boodles <laughs> Gold yeah. Cheltenham Gold Cup. Great to have them back. Uh, run over three miles and two and a half furlongs. I like how I just included distance on some of these races. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a bit, this is a bit further than that two metre one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon I could win that. Um, I think you do some of them. In a, in a, in a, <laughs> you haven't watched any of them? The, the two furlong races or whatever? No, oh, I can't. No, that sounds awful. Fucking great. Uh, the field is led by Galapin Deschamps uh, at 13 to 8. Brave Man's Game is 13 to 2. Aputar, uh, previous winner at uh, 7 to 1, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes, one yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I haven't lost the plot. I know, I've won all of it. Um, Noble Yates, 9 to 1, alongside Statler. Uh, it's 14 to 1 and bigger the rest. Great to see some names in here. Um, some names. That's good. Galapin Deschamps, 13 to 8, Fagan. Uh, are, are you going to be on or are you going to be backing or laying? Neither. Lovely. Good um, stuff. I can, he's, I can see why he's five, obviously. He's, he's um, well, he, I can't speak anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can see why he's five, but I, I, could, I wouldn't want to be backing back him at the price, personally. Uh, he's the most likely winner, yes. He stayed on really well. At the back, after the back of the last uh, over three mile at Leopardstown last time, so the distance shouldn't be an issue. But um, yeah, I think I just it, it, this won't be a real betting race for me. The Gold Cup never really is, to be honest. But um, I'll take a chance on a few others. Um, I know this is a bit of a marmite horse, but I'll take a chance on Brave Man's Game. But I must specify that will be win only on the exchange. Um, He's an unbelievable jumper, one of the best jumpers of offence I think I've ever seen. He's just so consistent, so economical. He'll be making ground at every fence, and that is crucial in a Gold Cup. Like over the years, you do see many chances just ruined by a couple of mistakes in a in a race like this. Um, there is the chance that he could empty out like Clanders Oboe, Silvernarchio Conti have in the past, but I think he's a great trade. I think on the machine. Out the off, he's probably going to be what eight to one. I'll be really, really surprised if he doesn't trade at like two to one, because 
there's just there's just going to be a time when you you realise whether he does get that extra that extra two furlongs. Um, I must admit, I, I he changed my mind on him in the King in the King George. I fancied him for the King George, but I didn't think he would win the race the way he did. When he turned him for home, he came off the bridle, and I just thought that that's him done. But I was really impressed with how he got upsides. Um, Long press. Oh, he got upsides. Long press. But then after the last, I know Long press fell him, but he was going to win anyway. And he he, pow- he powered on. Obviously, Kempton form King George doesn't always translate, as I said, with Clan de Zobo and Silver Conti. He wouldn't be a, he wouldn't be a um, each way bet. But I'd much rather back, let's say, the eight to one than like the eight to one and the eight to five or whatever uh, the place. So yeah, I'll I'll probably. Use him as a trade into into the race. I, I think if you back him at eight, or whatever, you you're more than likely. What is this trade thing he speaks of? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're more than likely to be able to get out at like twos or something like that. Because as I said, uh, he jumps so well. Um, by the time he you before you find out whether he stays or not, there's going to be half of the field that are fucked, and obviously that's half the market gone. And I think that's that's one way into the race. And then maybe the other one at the prices, if I was to force to back something each way, um, I've sort of come down on conflate, conflated. Um, he beat Fury Road, a similar distance to what Gallop and Deschamps did um, this season. And he would have finished second in the Ryanair last year. So the course is obviously no issue. And it, yeah, I just think he'd be there about. So if I had to back one each way, it'd be conflated, but I'll back. I'll trade for Brave again. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, Marmo, Gold Cup. Uh, will you be trading Brave Man's game? I will not be trading anything of the sort. This uh, <laughs> is it's a it's a cracking race. It really looks like a cracking race. Uh, and look, I'm not I'm not giving any hidden secrets or hidden gems here. But quite often the Gold Cup isn't won by the best horse; it's won by the best stayer, right? Yeah. And if it ends up soft ground, it ends up a war of attrition. I can see a result here. Uh, like I think you could see a proper result. Uh, definitely agree with Conflated. Definitely think he'll run. He'll run really, really well. Uh, it was impressive in the in the Savills Chase at Christmas. See, only beat Ken by Ken by probably a little bit deteriorate, but still a good run. Uh, was really impressive. Brave man again. The King George. I watched that back today. Getting ready for this, and he, he's he's gone ten lengths wider than all the rest of them as well. Uh, and he's come off the bridle plenty early enough. Uh, and he's really, really stead going to the line. Uh, if it came up a bog, protector at like obviously the Betfair Chase run was an incredible run, but didn't back it up afterwards. I think Dan was pretty critical of himself, saying that he left him too short that day. Uh, I'd take a leap of faith to back him, but if it came up a bog, he could run well. Uh, Noble Yates surely must be the first time ever we the second season novice in a Gold Cup that had previously won a Grand National. Of course it is. He was the first novice ever to win a Grand National. But like, again, in a war of attrition, you could see him really well. I think you could pick seven or eight results here and and any one of them are as likely as the other. Uh, that said, Gallup and Deschamps, I said earlier, I love horses that put distance between the back of the last of the line. And he very much did that at Leopardstown. It was a really, really good race. Probably a race I would have betted, to be honest. Uh, probably one I'll just sit and enjoy. Nice. Uh, I too will be sitting back and enjoying it, but Rob, I'm hoping that maybe you'll be able to steer me onto a winner. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, <laughs> tend to agree uh, regarding Gallop and Deschamps. Looks like there's uh, plenty to come from him. 
yeah, it looked like he would stay well with the the way he won last time out. Stayed on really well after the last to put a fair bit of distance between himself and and Statler and yeah, the the stable are very confident. The extra two furlongs will actually see more improvement come out. Like obviously three miles two around Cheltenham around this course is a much tougher test of a stayer than three miles around Leopardstown, but he's only he's only done well with every single race he's put this season. I think I think he's definitely stay. I yeah. no I'm him. I'm pretty confident. Like it's it's obviously a different test, but in terms of what he was gonna do at Cheltenham last season, yeah. In terms of his performance in the John Durkin as well, like he's clearly the best horse in the race, but I think until you actually do it, there might still be a bit of a question mark around whether I'll actually see out that three mile two, particularly if it becomes very testing. Not saying that it will, but might drift a little bit. Uh, Aplutard obviously won it in absolutely exceptional fashion last season and then was there was something clearly amiss in the Betfair chase. Hasn't run since, couldn't back that with counterfeit. If it does turn into a proper test, then I do give Statler a bit of a squeak. He was obviously well beaten at Leopardstown by Galopin de Champ, but he's, he is the National Hunt Chase winner. Did run pretty well in that Tremor race on New Year's Day, just chin to neck by Manila Indo. I think obviously with with Friday, you're kind of you're gonna know by once the declarations come out on the Wednesday, you're gonna know roughly what the, the conditions are gonna be like. And I think Statler could be a good few points shorter and deservedly so if it is soft. And that'd be the one that I would I would land on. Yeah, and I do agree that with Martin regarding conflated as well. Would have been a good second in the Ryanair. And yeah, it sounds like Gordon's pretty bullish about him uh, stepping up in trip as well. Obviously, he's one over three, but the three miles too, he's pretty confident as well. So Statler and conflated would be the two that I've actually landed on. Statler and conflated, and a nod to Brave Man's game, win only, trade it on the machine like a judge. Uh, from Mr. Fagan. Nice. Uh, oh, very excited. Love the Gold Cup. Okay. We move on to the final trio of races. Uh, the Hunter's Chase uh, is next Sorry. up. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree. Um, I mean, literally, we'll just never forgive them for having that fucking cyclist ride right in this. Pendle, Pendle, too. Yeah. Very odd. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big great, I was, great knowledge, don't you? I'm a big, a big fan of us cycling work. Not a big, not as big a fan of the jockey work. Any, anyhow, uh, her her horse won it the year last. Yeah, the, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, that's correct. Mental. Uh, anyhow, the uh, Hunter Chase. It, the field is led by fifteen to eight. Vosselet. Uh Fernslock is five to one. Winged leader eleven to two. Famous Clermont six to one. Billaway eight to one. Alongside Secret Investor Chris's Dream nine to one. Bob and Co. Bob and Co. Still going. Yeah, I think he should. 
Derham, no one. Oh, lovely. 12. Yeah, with Harry Derham. Yes, yeah. with Harry Derham. Okay. Who could definitely train, by the way. He's uh, he's one to keep an eye on. I know he's hardly a dark horse coming on Nichols, Harry Derham, but I bet he's a couple of winners at the UAS next week. Oh, the away. a nice touch today with a horse called Annie Biscuits. He looks definitely looks like he knows the time of day. Very nice. Well, as you are as you are um, giving us the rundown, Marlo, have you a bet in the Hunter Chase? Funny enough, I have had a bet in the Hunter Chase, <laughs> and I couldn't tell you anything about the horse whatsoever, other than Mark Hill, who's probably the best Hunter Chase judge in the UK, has put it up at uh, Cheltenham Previews as his best bet, as his best bet, famous Claremont. Don't know anything about it other than Mark Hill knows a hell of a lot more than me. And being a judge of judges, uh, I, followed, I followed him in. The Irish guys will tell you the Vossilets are going to be very hard to beat. Favourite, uh, David Christie is brilliant with these Hunter Chasers. And there's half a chance that this is better than a Hunter Chaser, if that makes sense. That he, yeah. he can certainly hold his, hold his own in open company. Uh, and I'm told that the second in and third in probably don't run. Uh, which was one of the other reasons that uh, that Furslock has definitely stayed at home and wing leaders, they're all trained by David Christie as well, uh, that they don't run. So, uh, you know, 16, 31% of the market, I guess they're betting to a million, but even still, I'd be surprised if you back famous Claremont at six now, you wouldn't be on a, a good price come Friday if you wanted to trade it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Famous Claremont. Uh, Rob, Anything to add in regards to the Hunter Chase? Don't really have a massive view. Yeah, I've heard the same about Christie's runners. Fern's Lock actually won yesterday, didn't it? So can't see that turning up. Uh, I guess the one half interesting in terms of quality and ability, at least a, a couple of years ago, was Chris's dream. Uh, been kind of freshened up with a couple of point-to-points. Unfortunately, he did kind of look gone at the game under rules, but has showed he still retains a, a bit of ability. Beating what are, are certainly alone among millions, I know, has been a, a good hunter chaser in the past. Can see that going well, but yeah, I'm happy to take uh, Marmo's tip on that, considering it is from a true judge. Lovely. Fagan? No, as soon as the... Winner goes past the post in the Gold Cup, you, you need to start putting your bets, putting even more bets on the Latin pipe. <laughs> I just skip, I skip the next two races. Not, That's not fine. We'll skip this one. Although, by the way, I can guarantee I'll be having a bet on Shantu Flyer. Uh, just, just a flyer. Yeah, yeah, having a flyer on the flyer. That's nailed on. Uh, we that takes us to the Mrs. Paddy Power Mare's Chase. Good stuff. Uh, 11 to 8 is. Algori Duvasse. Uh, Impervious is 13 <laughs> to 8 on Pervious. Um, and Jeremy's Flame 5 to 1. It's double figures the rest. Uh, Fagan is skipping the, the, the this one. Uh, so, Rob, any uh, any opinion? Uh, yeah, just about. Impervious is probably of the top two, the one I'd prefer to be with, forgive me, but I'm just going to quickly look at how the horse it beat last time out ran today. Uh, Consider yourself forgiven. That horse's journey with me. Yeah. And one today. Okay, that's good. So, f- frank that form a bit. Uh, she gave journey with me a pound and uh, 
I think it was a length or half a length beaten last time out. I think that's fairly solid form. In terms of her jumping, it's looked pretty flawless, I would say, up until now. I think she's certainly arguably the best horse in the race. Allegory de Vassi is clearly very talented, but she's pro- possibly not quite as straightforward as Impervious, and I can certainly see uh, Impervious getting the better of Allegory de Vassi on the day. In terms of elsewhere, potentially if Riviere de Tell turns up in her novice chase form and she goes to this race, she would have a, a small chance at price prices around 16 20 to one but yeah in terms of what i think will win the race i'll say impervious nice impervious uh, and uh, Rivier Detel. uh marmo Sorry, uh, <laughs> my, pal, my pal used to own impervious paul mccone and he sold him to jp mcmanus seems to be a theme my pal selling <laughs> horse to jp mcmanus uh maybe if i were good enough to sell to him in time i'll be really cheering for her i actually think allegory de Vassi probably is more more natural ability than her, uh, but she hasn't half got a mind of her own. Allegory de Bassi and Paul Townend per- performed miracles to stay on her the last day and ate on, uh, in Perlis. And she jumped to her right a little bit, I guess. Won't be as going around Cheltenham, which will that that'll hinder her one to jump into her right, of course. It will. Uh, look, I'd, I'd be really cheering for Impervious. Uh, I, I know that uh, Paul would really want her to win. Uh, Colin Murphy, who trains her, had a really tough time. Colin came back, gave up training, has come back and is doing really well with a number of horses. And he is the nicest guy. Uh, so I'll definitely be cheering for that. Willie will probably have 15 winners at that stage. So it'll be time for somebody else to, to get a goal. It does look a dead match, though, doesn't it? Jeremy Slave shouldn't be good enough to trouble days. Uh, although won a listed race in, in the UK last time in, hmm, don't know, can't remember who it was, might have been hunting. Uh, and, and bolted off, but only beats Bella, which shouldn't be good enough to be troubling these. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think it's a dead match. I'll be cheering for Impervious. I probably wouldn't be surprised what way they finished. Uh, and the market will probably dictate that we won't want it back. If Impervious drips to 2-1+, to one plus, I'll probably back her. You know, if they happen to flip the other way, I could back the other one. But I will definitely be having a bet in the rest, but it does look a dead match. Okay. Uh, I can get a ball with that can get humble with that for sure. Uh, and that brings us to the final race of the day. Naturally, we have to leave Fagan till last. Yeah. Of course. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's the only thing, it's the only reason he turns up uh, is for the Martin Prize. Yeah, it's my favourite race of the, of the week. Indeed. So let's, uh, let's leave him to it at the end. Uh, Rob, your Martin Pike preview, have you anything to... Uh, yeah, I certainly have a couple of things to add, but I know we are all waiting for, <laughs> for Martin's preview of this, uh, as it is his favourite race. Just living on that. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier on the on the Wednesday preview, uh, Captain Combi for the Coral Cup uh, got beat at length by San Salvador. So I think San Salvador's only option is this race. Uh, I think he has a solid chance in this. Big improver last couple of runs. Clearly hoping that the form of that race works out as they even put up the each way double. But yeah, I think both San Salvador and Captain Combi looked like horses improving at a serious rate and 14 to 1 or bigger would rate as a 
a decent each way chance on that one. Uh, and then also, as I mentioned in the Coral Cup, Benson. I'm not sure which way the owners are going to go with this, but in terms of his ability as a horse that kind of stays on well, I would think the Martin Pipe might suit him better. He's, I think he'll have a, a pretty good chance. Can just about keep up with two mile pace, but he does have plenty of stamina in reserve and that, that kind of thing will be kicking in late on after some of the others in this race have, have cried enough. If it, if it is run at its usual breakneck speed, uh, just the five-pound penalty to deal with for his uh, win last time out. Looks a completely rejuvenated horse, still only an eight-year-old and appears to be in the form of his life. As I said, he stays well, and I think he, he should be there or thereabouts, and I think quotes of 20 to 1, around that kind of price that do does look a, a fair each way price about Benson in this race. Benson, who was put up earlier in was mentioned in the Coral Cup. In the Coral Cup as well, yes. Yeah. Fair. So San Salvador and Benson. Yeah. For robbery. Nice Marmo, the Martin Pipe. No strong opinion other than I do think Spanish Harlem is very well in. Uh and it was second to three card brag, funny enough, uh, in in Ferry House of January. So on the related doubles, uh, I'll definitely be having an each way double three card brag in Spanish Harlem on the basis that if three card brag goes and wins a grade one, uh, one thirty five, even for a twelve lead beating, might look a little bit generous in the Martin Pipe a couple of hours later. Very nice. So that is Spanish Harlem. Uh, we didn't do the price at the start. The Spanish Harlem is six to one. Joint favourite alongside Imagine as it stands. Cool Survivor 8. Uh, and, yeah, the rest of the double figures. Uh, Martin Fagan, come on then. Um, it's obvious, like, I think I say it every year. But uh, Gigginstown got a great record in this, as as, as Gordon. Uh, it's just the ideal type of race for Gigginstown's generic horse that they have. Um They've had nine runners in the last six years, two of them winners, a second, a third, and a faller at the last column of fire when he was going to win. And you only have to go back um, a few years before that for Don Polly as well in 2014. Uh, then two winners were 11 to 1, blow by blow, uh, 12 to 1, Champagne Classic. So um, I'm working on the basis that, I forgot what you call now, but I think it's Favorite or whatever. Yeah, I'm working on the basis cool. that he doesn't run. I think I think he goes the Albert Bartlett. So Cool Survivor is the one of Giggins Towns. Uh, like he's got rock solid grade one form behind um Good, good, land, good land in double race festival. He's not a fancy price, as we might have got a few years back and stuff with these ones, because the market knows now, but um I think he's he's solid, solid enough. At, at the price seven eight to one, um, but one of my best bets at the festival is in here, and it's a uh, might I. Um, he had amazing, amazing novice hurdle form last year. He ran, I think he ran in three novice hurdles. He ran behind Constitutional, John Bond, and Three Strike Life. Um, Harry Fry thought at the start of the season he'd make up into a grade at hurdler. He's off one four five here. I just think, which is obviously the. The highest you can be to get in. He got he got lucky because he got beat last time and he only got three pounds for it. Um 
that that run last time was at the new course, so the same course as this, but it was um, two mile one. This is next to three furlongs, which he definitely wants. The trip's going to be ideal. I think he's well handicapped. The course he's ran up before, and a big thing in this race as well is um, the jockey, uh, Lorca Mertz has been ri- has been riding him. He knows him well, and he will be riding in this race. Whereas a lot of these. A lot of Gordons, a lot of everyone else's, they're just using conditionals who have probably never ridden the horse before, might have gone school once or whatever, but I think that makes a big difference as well. Um, he rode him twice last year in Novice Hurdles, again last time, probably with an eye on going for this, maybe. Um, I just think he's rock he's rock solid. Ten to one, might I? Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's the best bet for me in this. Nice. That is might I. Uh, at as you say, twelve to one, and the best bet in the Martin Pipe handicap hurdle, and that brings to a close mm. a judge's guide for another year. Except to say, the nap of the festival. We need to add our naps to the festival. Oh uh, no, the nap of the day. Nap of the day. Nap of the day. So nap of the day, surely for you, Marmo's three card brag. It is. And your best each way bet. Probably conflated in the gold cup, maybe. Like it just, just, just at the prices. I probably fancy a few better than him, but looking at the prices with each way perspective, I'll probably pick him out. Okay, uh, Rob, uh, let's nap impervious. Let's go for it. Impervious, very nice. And your best each way bet. Uh, I think Benson will run well in the Martin Pipe if he turns up. Benson in the Martin Pipe and Fagan, your best bet of the day. Lossy mouth, lossy mouth in the Triumph Hurdle. And your bestie trade bet is, of course, my eye yeah. in the mine pipe. Nice. Okay. So you've got Lossy Mouth, Three Card Brag, Conflated, Impervious, My Tie, and Benson going through the card. Uh, and then best bet, your nap of the festival. Uh, Ian Marmion, your nap of the festival. Uh, three Card Brag. And your best each way bet of the festival. I can tell you that so far, day to day, you said in the pocket, editor de Jeet, classical dream, and conflated. Probably, probably, class, probably classical dream. Nice classical dream. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to chip in. We're so Scottish with my nap of the first. Yeah, hey, hey. Absolutely, absolutely. The lads have talked it up, and and surely it's got to be a French one that you're each way. Oh, Nube Negro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we, are, are He's you... Spanish, by the way. I know, yeah. 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 Um, but anything is French with a French accent. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is yes, I will be. I will be having Nube Negro, should it run. Uh, although I think one of you did say it definitely can't can't do anything. But <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Depends on the ground. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I know nothing. It's worth pointing out, I know nothing. Uh, <laughs> Martin Fagan. Nap of the festival. I, I can't decide between mine. I've got two basically, so you can put them either way you want. Uh, Elite Tom, I just think he's absolutely rock solid in terms of being there and thereabouts. Um, probably, probably my tie though, because I, I probably fancy him more to win as well. Okay, my tie in the final race of the week, which is of course the night. Elite Tom's more of a rock solid. Uh, be there or there is that your best each way bet? Yeah, probably. I know. Yeah. I know price wise, the, the different way round, but yeah, we'll do it that way. So you've got 
your nap of the week is in the last race, and your best each way bet is in the first, first race. Lovely to see. Uh, Rob Alexander. Uh, nap of the festival, El Fabiolo in the Arkle. El Fabiolo in the Arkle. My, lovely to see. And your yeah. best each way bet in the festival? We may as well go bad each way. Janadil in the Ryanair. Janadil in the Ryanair. Well, you meant bad each way in the Boodles, then. Uh, <laughs> lovely. And Paul and Austin, six to one. Uh, <laughs> so you've got the naps, let me repeat, are, uh, I'll go day by day uh, for the festival, let's say, El Fabiolo, so Scott, so El Fabiolo in the Arkle, so Scottish in the fifth race of day three, uh, three card brag in the Albert Bartlett, and Mai Tai in the Martin Pipe. Uh, your best each way bets are Il Etetant in the Supreme Nube Negra in the third race of day two. Uh, <laughs> Queen Mother jersey. Thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah. In the in the Queen Mother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I put the wrong I put the right, wrong race number in. I need to uh, change that. I'm Thank sure. You. Hey, this is great. This is great podcast listening. This is good, yeah. <laughs> um, listening to you. <laughs> Janadil in the Albert Bartlett and Classical Dream in the Janadil in the Ryanair in the Ryanair I'm very tired I know Janadil in the Ryanair and Classical Dream in the Stairs um, there will be a Naps episode of this where I just repeat all that as well yeah. uh, but but more clearly <laughs> tomorrow when you're out of sleep you're correct um, all of the leaves we'd say is thank you very much to Rob Alexander you're welcome. Martin Fagan. Cheers, cheers. And a special thank you to Ian Marmion for taking time out of your Sunday night to join us to preview the 2023 Cheltenham Podcast. We appreciate it, Marmion. It's been a pleasure. The invoices in the post. The invoices are <laughs> regular seasons, Churchy Rich. Uh, yeah, yeah don't, don't you worry. You just, yeah, you just uh, send it care of uh, Tom Reeks. He's a CEO, mate. I'm sure he'll sort it for me. <laughs> been a pleasure. Uh, really enjoyed it. Fantastic. And uh, I enjoyed hosting you all uh, best of luck to everyone that chooses to gamble uh, this week at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you all. Just press